Desert Diaries. Week 43. Hello, Arizona calling. And I've got to start off this week by saying, sorry, sorry I missed your birthday, Arizona. (laughs) Yes, a couple of weeks ago on Valentine's Day, no less, Arizona turned 108, which I find quite extraordinary that the state that I live in is now younger by about 60 years than the house I used to live in, in Manchester. Now, Arizona is one of the youngest states, actually. Only only Alaska and Hawaii are younger. And from the 1820s, it was part of the Mexican state of Sonora, hence the Sonoran Desert. And hardly anyone lived here. Even when Arizona became a state in 1912, it was still mostly a rural community with an economy based on cattle, cotton, citrus and copper. Four of the five seas, which are the bedrock of Arizona. The fifth one is climate which obviously now draws so many people to live here, especially those snowbirds in the winter months that I've mentioned to you before. The people joke there is a sixth sea, Canadians, (laughs) as a large percentage of those winter visitors do come from Canada, where it gets a bit nippy, I'm led to believe, for most of the winter. Now, I celebrated Arizona's birthday by going horse riding with a cowboy. Yes, an actual cowboy. You can just imagine my joy, can't you? His name was Dallin, which just reminded me of what my friend's mum always used to call me when we were growing up. She was from Essex, so whenever I saw her, she'd be like, Hello, Dallin. How are you doing, Dallin? I did try to explain this to him. Let's just say it got a bit lost in translation. I remember him sort of squinting at me and saying, What? I'm, I'm sorry, you mean darling?'" Anyway, what an amazing few hours. We rode through reservation land just to the north of Phoenix. It's thousands and thousands of acres owned by the Hualapai or Hopi tribe who leased some of it to Dallin for his ranch. We rode through the beautiful Sonoran Desert, traversed a couple of offshoots of the mighty Salt River, which actually had a fair bit of water in them due to all the rain of the past few weeks. They'll be gone in a month or so. Because of the rain was actually quite lush and green as well. Much of it to disappear once the heat arrives. The most thrilling part of the ride was when we heard really loud and manic whinnying in the distance and then a glimpse of brown through the cacti. And then I saw him, a wild horse. Oh, I'd heard about the Salt River horses, which are believed to be descended from Spanish horses brought to what is now Arizona in the 1600s. I never thought I'd be lucky enough to see one. He was amazing. And after the flurry of whinnying, he seemed totally unfazed by the middle-aged British woman gawping at him from the saddle. Oh, it's brilliant. Obviously, I've put some pictures on Instagram. At Sam Walker Radio is where you can find me. So go and have a gander. I noticed other signs of spring in the valley this week. One very exciting one. The hummingbirds are back. I was sitting on my back porch a few days ago when I saw a flicker of tiny little wings out of the corner of my eye. And there he was. We saw hummingbirds in our garden non-stop over spring and summer last year and they are just magical, so teeny tiny and nimble. They make sparrows look lumbering and clumsy and such beautiful colours too, pink, purple and green. I pointed it out to Dave and said, I've just realised we haven't seen a hummingbird for ages. Do you think they migrate? He scoffed at me in his I'm a scientist, don't you know, scoff type way and said, of course not. They're so tiny, they can't possibly migrate. They'd be done in. Well, thank you, Internet. So guess what? These weenie birds whose heart beat more than 1,200 times a minute not only do migrate... 
They go absolutely miles. Some of them travel from other states and cross the Gulf of Mexico in one go. A trip of more than 500 miles non-stop. It takes them between 18 and 22 hours, depending on the weather. To make it even more amazing, they're solitary birds. They don't have the support of a flock. They do it on their own. Now, apparently they do sometimes cross over with birds of other species, like geese. They'd be smaller than a goose's face. They're so little. But apparently reports of them hitchhiking on the back of other birds, said the website I was reading, is untrue. (laughs) It's a bit disappointing, really, isn't it? I like the thought of them hopping on a goose and kicking back for 500 miles, but not the case. They do it all on their own. How amazing are they? I feel even more lumpen and lazy than normal after learning that. So very much a week of revelling in the wonder of nature and also then being really annoyed by the realities of the American healthcare system. Again! So my poor littlest one, my youngest daughter, has to have an operation on her teeth. Now she's got a condition called mastocytosis, which means she's got overactive mast cells in her skin. It's quite rare and it affects people who have it in lots of different ways. One of the ways it affects her, apart from having lesions on her skin and in her tummy, is it means her teeth are really weak and also all her back teeth look like she's been sucking on a toffee for the last hundred years. They are basically crumbled down to nothing. I'm absolutely gutted for a poor little thing. Anyway, she needs quite a lot of work done and the palaver to set this operation up was just beyond anything I could have imagined. This is such a brief version of what has been happening. Okay, you ready? First, dentist. Go to a dentist. Realise the dentist is not on the network list, i.e. the list of approved dentists on our insurance. Have to get special approval, as she's a child. It then gets sorted after so many hours of phone calls and emails and faffing. Dentist then submits to the insurance company what needs to be done. The insurance only approves a few of the things. (laughs) What? Only some of the procedures they accepted were necessary. The dentist argues. The insurance company argues back. We all argue together. Insurance company finally acquiesces. Again, hours more faff. Now, side note, this is going to cost us $1,500. $1,500 with insurance. It's not even that much work genuinely and we pay hundreds of dollars every single month to have insurance so we've already paid and now we've got to pay again now in all of this the calendar year passes now this is because we've got to wait up and save the money we've got to find fifteen hundred dollars from somewhere right so now with a new calendar year it's also a new insurance year we have to do it all again submit the whole thing again finally (laughs) This is such a shortened version. The operation date is set. The insurance agrees to the procedure. It's still costing us $1,500, right? So poor little Britta, she's really scared. The dentist is really lovely and kind and I'm, I'm a bit nervous, but I feel okay. The night before, the night before, the dentist calls. The operation's been cancelled. The anaesthetist, or anesthesiologist as they call them here, has said he won't do it. He doesn't want to administer anaesthetic to someone with mastocytosis because he doesn't really know what it is and he doesn't want to risk being sued. I mean, it's beggar's belief. So I'm like, well, what, can't we get another anaesthetist? No, he's the only one registered to work with us. So what do we need to do? Guess what? We've got to start all over again. Find a new dentist, go through all the paperwork and all the insurance nonsense. And now there is a sniff of it being a, quote, complex case. Guess what? 
that price is going to go up. Oh, my dad's just had his operation for the tumour in his bladder at Withenshaw Hospital in Greater Manchester after being diagnosed at the end of last year. He turned up, they did the op, they've looked after him, his continuing care has been laid out for him too. And you know, knowing that all that happens without him having to fill out a thousand forms and worrying about coming up with extra money and not knowing whether he'll get there and they'll change their minds or pass it over to someone else. I mean, it's a stressful time when you're ill. And to have all this extra gumph on top of it, it's just unbelievable. I just don't get why this country doesn't want healthcare that isn't based on how much money individuals can make or that someone can change their mind after months of hassle to leave a little girl now more scared and more worried. It's just madness. And guess what? Imagine if, like thousands of people, you can't spend all that time and save up $1,500. It's so much money. Imagine if your child has diabetes or cancer. Can you begin to imagine what families go through then? This bit of our new life is really going to take some more time to get my head around. I'll see you in the desert. (laughs) 